welcome to Living Truth Ministry Church as we listen in to Pastor Daniel Bome teach on the Word of God. On the one of the 14 things I said I was going to go back over for the benefit of those of us that may have misunderstood what it is or what it was so that you can be able to defensively define it when someone asks you. Many people say they know God, but their knowing God is just for the accolades. They don't know him for knowing him. They know him just for the knowing sake. And Christianity does not allow that. So tonight I want to teach you on a topic a title, Knowing Your Enemy, Part 1. Knowing Your Enemy, Part 1. I am going to take it from a familiar scripture of the Bible that you and I know. But, there is more to that scripture if you really look at it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I activate tonight Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. That there will be wisdom in our hearts. And there will be a reception of understanding in our minds. Give us the ability to comprehend what you are saying, not what you did not say. And take away our ways and establish your own ways. In the name of Jesus. Because every spoken word here be consecrated with anointing and power to do damage to satanic kingdom. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And the saints of God say amen. Tonight I want to take my time to teach you. On knowing your enemy. I am going to show you two different kinds of enemies. The greatest enemy that kills you is the enemy you know but you don't know it's him. And that enemy is flesh. That enemy is ignorant. That enemy is misunderstanding. That enemy resides to take away everything God has made provision for you. Is it any wonder that some of us come to church and within the grace of God that is flowing, you still struggle. It's not his intention. He has never intended that you as a believer should live below the provision that he has made available for you. I have numerous times told you here that the Americans were very, very honest to themselves 200 and how many years ago and said, if we are going to raise a nation that will surpass any nation in the world, let's be honest to us first to deal with what we think can paralyze where we are going. 
And over the years, they have perfected some things that today they are called the first nation in the nations of the world. Most of you have not been privileged to be out of America because that's why you don't understand what you have. I went somewhere. While I was preaching, the power of God was released. And the people were just... And I turned around me, you know, funny, so funny, so that I said, this is nothing new. This is part of uh, Christianity to be under the grace of God. Somebody says it's not true. Then I, I asked them, I said, so what have you been doing here? He said, oh, if the grace falls, it falls only once a year. I said, that can never be. Now, if that is what they taught them, God works with them at that level. He will not deny it. And this is the problem with many Christians today because they taught you something and that thing works only once in a blue moon. There must be something wrong with that function. God intended that anytime you lay your hands on anything, it should produce a, a remarkable result that men will say, what manner of man is that? What man? Somebody came here and said, you must have at least 300. I said, I don't have 300 members. Run this thing. No. I said, the provision does not come from them. I have learned that many years ago. I said, coming from a, where the source does not beg it, I activate it and it's released. That's the difference. And he looks at what you are saying. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> he said, I know this whole place cost so much money. I said, the day the landlord uh, raised the rent, is going to the grave. That's, the, that's me. The day he raised the rent, I can't pay. I just he, If he God say, okay, I don't want him to die. I said, take him out of my way because I'm going to kill him. Now, I believe with all my heart that God made provision for everybody. But you have to understand that that provision is there. But how do you go on a daily basis and get it to use it for your benefit? Is the question that so many Christians have not yet answered to tomorrow. But I pray tonight that your eyes of understanding will be enlightened to see where I'm taking you to, to show you your greatest enemy and attack him with so much uh, velocity because the enemy does not hear I bind you and you sleep for the next six days. He's a Christian. He does not hear that's a Christian who will wake up in the morning and slap him. And he turns to enter his car and slap him. And he comes down from the car and kick him. That's the devil. That's the only way he hears get out of my way. I'm, I'm not lying to you. Even with all the, my voice cracked out of all that prayer I slept, I woke up the God says, it's time to pray because the enemy has risen his ugly head. I had to pray. I, you, know, you know, if you listen to your flesh, you will never serve God. If you listen to your flesh, you will never achieve anything from God. If you listen to what you think you know, you'll be a failure the rest of your life. Now, I am going to take you on a journey that has baffled and marveled me. Genesis chapter 1. I am going to, for the first time, show you some things that I think some of you should know. Because if you know this truth, you will live the rest of your life to thank God. 
I'll say something here that some of you say you are crazy. I'm not. Look at this scripture. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. He says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of what? The waters. Okay. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Verse 4. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. I am going to explain and go deeper than I've ever taught you. God Almighty made provisions for every believer who received the Son. I want you to write that down. God Almighty made provision for every believer who received the Son. In John chapter 3 verse 17, not 16. I know you know 16. The scriptures say God did not send his son to condemn the world. But by him, all men should be what? Be saved, right? Am I right? Okay. You will notice something. God did not send Jesus to point us as sinners. But God sent Jesus to reveal God's internal purpose. Because Revelation chapter 13 says, before the foundation of the world, he had already died. What it means that before you came here, God had already made the provision for what you need to succeed in this world. Whatever you are looking for on the face of this earth, before you became a Christian, God had made that provision available. There's a difference between the availability of that provision and the power to tap that thing that is made available. The scriptures say, I think in Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people perish. For what? For lack of knowledge. You see, this provision God made available for the believer is for his lifetime as a Christian here on earth. I repeat myself. The provision that God has made available for you before you became a Christian, now that you know, is for a lifetime till you return back to heaven. Now, how do I know? In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, there is a condition to it. It says, if you are willing and obedient, ye shall eat what? It did say the good of heaven. I'm going to show you here this evening the difference between the provision given to you on earth and the provision that God supplements with the one in heaven. I repeat myself. There is a provision here for you on earth. 
That's how the Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good, not the bitter, not the bad, not the shame, not the disgrace, not the frustration, not the disappointment, but the good of the land. That is, there are good things that are given in this land that is connected to your willingness and the obedience of that willingness. I want to say this, and I want you to pay attention to this. There is a clause in the word of God that he says, if you receive Jesus, uh, all things have been provided for you. But the key to get that provision is knowledge. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. 2 Peter 1 3. Let me show you. Because many of the time, many Christians think God has abandoned them. It is time for them to help God. You can't help the man who did not need any more help to restructure what Satan destroyed. You can't help him. You can't help him who sits on the circles of the earth and looks down and see everybody and know you by name and know your future. You can't help that kind of person. But look at this. But the help God is talking about is connected to what you know. It is what you know that connects you to where you are going. I know. I know. I know. I keep telling. I say, I know. Whether you believe it or not, I know. One day, I shall meet you at the top. I know. Not in heaven, but where you stand as a figurehead that everybody looks at you. Not as a celebrity. But as a righteous person, where others will say, that is a figure, not a politician. Look at this. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, he says, according to his divine power. Let me pause there. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is not speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the evidence that he dwells in you. This is something I everybody it's good. Speaking in tongues helps us to pray. You know, and speaking in tongues is the most higher form of prayer in holiness. Jude says, he said, pray in the Holy Ghost. Build up your most holy faith. If you want your faith to be holy and stand out to among equals, say speak in tongues. And that holy faith will elevate your holiness and give your holiness stability. That's why Paul said, I speak in tongues more often. Now, the Holy Ghost comes as an outpour. Now, what you receive is the doorway to an abundance. It, that abundance means you don't have any limit. You put a limit to what you gain from God. How do I know? In the book of John chapter 3 verse 34, I want you to, if I quote it, I will, I, I'm about to run. Because I feel like I'm going to fly very soon. John chapter 3 verse 34. We put a limit on what God gives us. Look at 334. The day I found this scripture, I took the limit off. Look at, it says, for him whom God had sent. What? Speak at what? The words, look at, he said words 
of God. For God giveth him, giveth not the spirit by what? That means that God never puts a measure of what he gives you. Listen, let me explain it. If you are looking for, if you are living in a house right now, and you say, okay, I'm tired of living in this house. I want something that, something that will fit the taste of heaven. God said, I, I, I am not going to stop you. You can have it. Because there's a scripture that holds him to it. He said, the just shall live by faith. Faith means what you desire. That you, talk, that you make available to heaven. Heaven has the ability to answer you. But this, the, the key, I, I sat down over, over months and said, where is this church missing it? Because I get it. Anything I say I want, I get it. And I, some of you who work close to me can tell. Once I, you have to just make me angry. You will know that I'll get it. Once you get me angry, I'm ready to get what I need. Because it stirs a holy anger in me to go to the throne and unlock a spiritual door. And I'm going to show you those doors here. As a believer, as a child of God, you see, you must make up your mind and say, me, I will get everything God wants me to get. I never take two steps ahead of myself. For one reason. If God did not answer that prayer, it's not a guarantee he will answer the next that he did not answer now. So what I do is that until he answers now, before I move forward. Because in every point of your Christian life, there is a reminder. That's why God gave us a reminder in uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God gave us reference. People that will say, he did it for Abraham, he will do it for me. That's why no woman in the church can be barren. Because Sarah, your mother, carried the baby. That's why the scripture said there shall be no barren thing in my house. When people come to the church and begin to make statements that contradict the validity of what God you subscribed into, something is wrong. I'm telling you, something is wrong. People have, they have taught us to be very religious. Oh, no, God will be angry at me. One day, God told me, he said, if I decide to take the whole north side, he will never be angry. He will point his hand in heaven and say, that's my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. But the problem is us. The problem is you. The problem is your mentality. The problem is your imagination. As a man thinketh in his heart, what you think is who you are. If you think you are a failure, you will remain a failure the rest of your life. If you think I cannot do it, Satan will put you in that bondage. Because the day you said it, he takes it into the spirit world and begins to manufacture things along that line. But when you say, I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me, it starts to work for you. When Jesus came to this earth, his number one purpose, and I want you to write this down, the number one thing he came to establish was he came to establish the thoughts of God. God has thoughts. 
God has thoughts. He came to establish his thought, number one. Jesus came to establish the behavior of God. Your thoughts develop your behaviors. How you behave, it comes from your thoughts. How you think. If you think everybody is a liar, anybody who comes around you, you will see there as a liar. He came to establish God's thoughts and God's behavior. Then he also said he came to establish his will, God's will, and the way God thinks. These three things. His thoughts, his behaviors, God's behaviors, and the will of God that is the thinking of God. Now, if you notice something, when a man or a woman develops a will, his thought pattern is trained towards that will. Anything that person does is towards that will. Now, how many of you know that every thinking has a pattern? I can tell when, when you lie to me. After being with you for one year. Because your thought has a pattern. I can, it's not psychology. It's not. I can tell where you, if somebody who doesn't cut my office, cut my office, I explain something, he has done something wrong. So I'm not waiting to hear what they don't need. Your thought pattern tells me what you've done. And your, because God gives a leader the ability to protect you, when you come and reveal your thoughts to me, if the thought is going to destroy you, my number one intention is to pray that the, the devils in hell catch those thoughts. Because if your thoughts are caught, they are established. Because the Bible says, God told them in Genesis 11, 16, nothing shall be restrained from them that they imagine to do. That means when you imagine it, if he picks it in the spirit world, he establishes it. Some of the things some of you are facing right now are thought patterns that sit and caught and nobody was there to protect you. And then he, he because he, let me give you an answer. He was there in the garden when God was giving Adam that instruction. He looked at them and said, the Eve is the rebellious one. Let me attack her weakness. Her weakness was that she was always a, somebody who questioned Anytime you question an authority, you have you are gone into disobedience. Guys. Many of us don't know it. We think it's a way of life. It's not. I can show you scripture in the Bible what took Judas. Judas questioned Jesus on several occasions. That thought pattern established a link for the devil. But you, you will notice something. Judas questioned God. Peter Question God. But why is it that Peter escaped? But Judas did not. I will show you. Because the Bible says all scripture are given by the inspiration of God. They are profitable. That means you can buy a house out of the world. <laughs> That's why I do this. Anytime I'm you come to me and tell me some. I send a word because the word brings profit back. It doesn't return back void. It goes and accomplish in that which it is sent. 
and prosper. I will show. I will show you in the Bible. Every word of God goes to accomplish something for God. That when he, God is glorified in the spirit world, something comes back to you called blessings. Your house, you will live in it. Amen. That new car, you will drive in it. Amen. Because I called your name. This, I touched it. And I said, that house you dream of. That house you imagine in your imagination. I send a spiritual thought because the scripture cannot be broken. This is the thing. Uh, this is something I want to establish. Isaiah 55, 7 to 9. We are going to look at some. We are going to look at some thought patterns. So that we can understand that sometimes we are the one that shot God out what he wants to do. I want you to remember this. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither what? He does not repent because your name was changed. He does not go into a tantrum because you, you wore a red hair. Rather you say, well, that's one of my child boys. Wow. He says that in heaven. Look at what he says. In verse 7, it says, let the wicked forsake his way. Look at. He says, and the righteous man, what? His thoughts. And then he goes to say, and let him return what? That means there is a power to return you back to God. Then he says, and he will have what? Mercy on him. And to our God, for he will what? Abundantly what? You know what that means? He will turn it around and give you for your glory. Then he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. And then he said, neither what? Said who? But look at the next day. He said, for as the heavens. Now, there is a key word there. It's a heavens, not one. Are higher than the earth, so are the ways higher than your ways and his thought than your thought. What God is saying is that take his thoughts. Don't take your own. Yours is limited. His is unlimited. The way I see, anytime I go to any place, the scripture says, even if the place is desolate, dry, without any form and comeliness, God says, if I see what he sees, he can call the things as be not, as though they were. That's why Abraham did not stagger in a desert. He did stagger me. He did not say, oh, God will change. He stood and said, God said he will give me this land to my children, children. And he stood on it. And that was why God called him his friend. God is looking for friends. A friend means somebody he can relate with. He said, can I hide anything away from my servant Abraham? When he wanted to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, I want each and every one of you to know this. 
that the believer cannot receive anything from God without their obedience in check and in completion. You cannot. You see all this stuff we are talking about. You cannot receive anything from God until your obedience has been checked and has been completed. I will show you a scripture. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, this is a scripture we have quoted so many times. But for the benefit of the grace of God to reside on that scripture, we are going to look at it from another paradigm like some of you will call it. Look at what it says. It says, for the weapon of our warfare are not physical. The carnal means they are not fleshly. But mighty, it didn't say through you. It didn't say through your experience. It didn't say through your what you know or your opinion. But it said through God in the pulling down of what? Then he said casting down imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against who? Now look at this. It says and bringing into captivity what? To what? Look at verse 6. And I say, having in a readiness to revenge what? When what? What it means is this. Your obedience has to be fulfilled through Christ. Surrender to him. Many of you only surrender your obedience when you are in trouble. You only call on the name of Jesus when you have a need. You only say to yourself, oh, I didn't pray this morning. Oh, I know I still need that stuff. Father, when are you going to give me? God does not play the spare tire. 